Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. A local hospital is working on a new treatment for COVID-19 patients. The number of mobile testing sites increases and a budget battle at the state capitol. I'm Dave Morris with the Oklahoma, and it's Thursday, April 9th. The latest numbers from the state health department show there are now 1,684 cases of coronavirus across the state, and the number of virus-related deaths stands at 80. There were no new deaths reported in Oklahoma City or Tulsa. While Thursday's numbers didn't show a sharp increase over Wednesday, Oklahoma Health Commissioner Gary Cox says that does not mean the state has passed the worst days. Cox said 1,000 Oklahomans were tested on Wednesday at a mobile or makeshift testing site. As of Thursday, there are 80 testing sites across Oklahoma. People who have been tested can expect the results within 48 hours, most within a day. Uh, And so our, our goal is really, and I think the governor's goal, is to test as many people as, as that want to be tested. Uh, and we not only want to use this to uh, see what's going on across the state as far as COVID-19, uh, to, to do surveillance to see what is happening across our state. And the reason for that is so that we can follow up uh, with hot spots across the state. We can move our public health workforce in uh, to do contact tracing interviews and actually to isolate folks uh, that might have COVID-19 so as not to spread it. So what we're really trying to do is to slow the spread. The state is allowing people to get tested if they have a sore throat or fever, or have had contact with someone who tested positive for the virus. OU Medicine is partnering with the Mayo Clinic to carry out a new clinical trial to assist with the treatment of the sickest coronavirus patients. The trial treatment takes plasma from individuals who have recovered from the virus and gives it to those patients who are still struggling to fight COVID-19. There are some small trials uh, from China, of course, because that's where all this started, uh, that suggest that giving what we call convalescent plasma, this plasma that has antibodies against COVID, uh, to patients who are ill improves their clinical status. That is to say, If they are on a machine to help them breathe, uh, they tend to get off. If they're on large amounts of oxygen uh, so that they can get enough oxygen, they're able to wean that down. They have also seen some other positive effects uh, of giving this therapy. Fever goes down, the virus disappears from the bloodstream, uh, aches and pains get better. There's pretty good evidence that this, uh, this will help. To qualify to receive plasma, an individual must be critically sick with the virus, and there must be a donor match. To qualify to donate, an individual must have tested positive for the COVID-19 and no longer have the virus. Governor Kevin Stead and state legislators are at war over a state revolving fund dedicated to digital transformation. The governor said the legislative leaders are playing political games. Oklahoma's Carmen Foreman has more. The fight over digital transformation funds continued on Thursday when Stitt signed two of three bills the legislature had sent him earlier in the week. So the two bills that he signed, they moved money from the state's rainy day fund to the revenue stabilization fund, 
And then they allowed the Office of Management and Enterprise Services to distribute some of that money um, to state agencies so the agencies wouldn't have to face cuts. And the reason for that is just in case the revenue shortfall got worse um, over the next couple of months, OMES would be able to sort of fill in those gaps as necessary. But what's more important is the bill that the governor did not sign. And the governor, that and that bill would have appropriated about $300,000 from the Rainy Day Fund to the General Revenue Fund to offset the anticipated revenue shortfall. Um, and when the governor signed the bills on Thursday, he held a press conference, took some questions from reporters, um, and basically said, you know, I am signing these bills to fully fund uh, state government for the month of April. But he challenged state lawmakers to come back to the state capitol and pass a budget that fully funds his words, not mine, fully funds, let's put some quotes around that, fully funds state government for May and June. And so what that means is he's basically telling them, come back to the legislature and pass some bills that include funding for the digital transformation fund. Because the bills that they did pass funded everything else. They funded every other aspect of state government except for the digital transformation fund. And so what he said is, you know, we had a deal with the legislature to fully fund these months. Um, and he said, I'm committed to standing by that deal. But he also said that basically partisan politics, well, not partisan politics, just politics, period, got in the way. Um, and he uh, he accused the legislature of um, basically sneaking in last minute budget changes in those bills. And so he, he, he was pissed. <laughs> um, and the thing is, none of what he said went over well with state lawmakers. Um, they did not like it. Uh, House Minority Leader Emily Virgin said that he was basically holding core services, the funding for core services for, you know, K-12 education, um, health, uh, DHS, all of that. Um, she accused him of holding that hostage all over about $900,000 um, for a fund that is specifically used by the state administration. While most of us may feel like home is a safe place to shelter during the pandemic, sadly, that's not the case for everyone. In the last week, the Oklahoma City Police Department has seen a 28% increase in domestic-related crimes. The State Department of Human Services has also reported seeing more cases of severe child abuse. To help those in need, Palomar is expanding its client services. I spoke with Palomar founder and CEO Kim Garrett about how the organization is trying to meet the increased demand. One thing that's really important for people to know is that Palomar is still here. Our partners are still here, and we have amazing partners in Oklahoma City. We partner with the YWCA. We partner with Legal Aid Oklahoma. We partner with Oklahoma City Police Department, a myriad of different people who can respond and provide services still. Um, it may look a little different right now. Um, some of our service providers are working remotely or virtually, but you can still get access to resources. Um, so know that we're still here, we're still eager and excited and want to help 
families um, through this and that there's still hope. We've actually expanded our hours, which I'm really proud about, to um, 7.30 every night. So clients can access us virtually through our live chat, through our main line. Um, we just implemented a curbside pickup for families who are struggling with emergency services. Maybe they need food or clothing um, or different resources like that. We are glad to coordinate with them and get it out safely to their cars. If we've got clients who are at high risk for COVID and it's not safe for them to come, come to our building, we are glad to have it delivered to them. We're really getting creative in how we can best meet the needs of clients in our community. If you need help, you can reach out to Palomar at 405-552-1010 or send a text to 405-355-3556. You can also visit their website, palomarokc.org, for a live chat. That's it. It's Friday Eve, and that means on Friday, you can guess the source wherever you get your podcasts or on oklahoma.com. You can also sign up for digital products at oklahoma.com slash subscribe. I'm Dave Morris with The Oklahoman. Have a great night, everyone. 